Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. everyone and welcome back to Own the Fields. I know that you've missed us, uh, but this is brought to you in partnership with Love Better. It's the podcast where we're doing our damnedest to help us all break up better, which means owning whatever we're feeling and learning how to deal with it. So for the next part of this season, we are joined by Belle, who you all know and love. Belle chimes into our weekly newsletter every Wednesday, and she writes our Sunday newsletter. And she talks about, honestly, she talks about breakups. She talks about love, life, losing, getting through it, having a who cares moment. Just She's just an ocean of knowledge on how to exist in the world, which you know, we need on this podcast because as good as I am, I'm not an ocean. I'm about a lagoon of knowledge. <laughs> Belle's got a few more years on me. Do you mind me saying that? <laughs> not many. <laughs> and before we actually got on the podcast, we tried to figure out the the soundtrack to this recording sesh and we landed on Silver Springs, Fleetwood Mac, in particular, the bridge. So we're really channeling. In your... particular, the bridge. <laughs> in particular, the bridge. Don't know if you know, we're in a band. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Val, we're talking about breakups today. Mm. We're talking about breakups for the next few weeks. Mm. Lucky us. And we probably should start with your relationship stories or your sort of breakup experiences, if you wouldn't mind divulging. <laughs> like how I'm qualified in matters of the heart. <laughs> Incredibly so. (laughs) Firstly, like, honestly, this is one of my deep passions to talk about. Not because I love heartbreak. I think it is close to the worst feeling in the world. But because I think it reveals so much about ourselves and how we feel about ourselves and how we felt about someone else. Mm -hmm. And um, that's how we phoenix out of, like, terrible situations and, 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 and ways in which we feel like we've lost ourselves. I feel like when we come out the other side of it, we're like the best version of of who we can possibly be. Um, Not without a huge, life-shattering, devastating pain and confusion along the way. I was like laughing about how to introduce myself on this podcast because it's such a funny way to qualify yourself with how many relationship failures you've had. No, honestly, at least you have relationships that have failed. Uh, (laughs) Or, I don't know, also, like, have they failed or did they just run their course? I would sort of love to argue the latter. That's the on the feels way. Yeah. That is the healed way. Yeah. Good work. You've listened to the first six eps. It's the enlightened way. No, I'm kidding. But it kind of is. And, like, actually I read that from an Alan de Baton book, which was just, like, we treat relationships ending like huge failures and and crises, and, and yes, sometimes they are, but what if they're just the ends of chapters? And that was, like, the most useful piece of knowledge when I have had 
all kinds of breakups. I've fallen in love with foreigners and moved to the other side of the world. I've been stalked at work. I've been living with someone and broken up and standing in an empty apartment holding an internet router, like wondering who the fuck is going to take it home with them. Um, I've had that like dizzy, life-changing first love that alters you in a way you don't quite conceive then um and I've had like unresolved romantic like kind of trysts or endeavors that like um you know have kind of ebbed and flowed throughout yeah. my life so I would love to say like a gorgeous kaleidoscope of yeah romantic failures and, and endeavors some good some horrific here we are to tell the story she's our expert everyone honestly as much as I think I know about things Belle often knows 20 times more via, via lived experience. <laughs> so I'm sorry you've had to go through that kaleidoscope, but unfortunately our listeners are going to really thrive out of <laughs> your I love being able to use that to help other people, Phoenix, because yeah. I feel like in a breakup you are just in well, the worst ones I've had. You're just completely out of your body and in such a stage of grief that – speaking to people who have been through something similar or have a hot take or are calm and wise are just like absolute gold in, in that moment and often help you phoenix out of it. And that is us today. And that tonight, Matthew, <laughs> that is us. <laughs> and so today we are talking about situationships and situationship breakups because they're very common and I feel like very confusing because how do you reconcile, you know, the aftermath of a of a relationship that none of you had labeled was actually a proper relationship. You sort of I feel like you're kind of questioning whether you can grieve it or whether you're meant to just be really chill about it. So you all, bless your souls, had a lot of situationship stories which as always help us guide these episodes. I will never get over how generous you all are. But before we get into your stories, I thought feels ironic to define something that doesn't want to label. <laughs> oh my God, so good, yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought we'd give some definitions. Uh, I love this one from Urban Dictionary. Let's just chill, have sex, and be confused on the fact that we are not together but have official emotions for oh each other. Oh my God, no, this absolutely sends me. And it's like, <laughs> why can't we? It's just like being afraid to commit, and I think we can get into this later, but I, I feel like... The world in which we live now is so digital and ephemeral yes. and like next, 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 maybe something's better. I can go home and swipe on my phone and probably connect with someone in a better way. And yes. there's like fear of like taking the leap. I know. And it just, we will get into this later, but the idea that, but what if they're not the best option? Oh, oh that just, it kills me. So now we have a bit more of an fish definition. This is from Jess Carbino, who's actually got a PhD, so great to have an expert on here. <laughs> no <laughs> offence. <laughs> um, I'm taking all good. <laughs> she's a former sociologist for Tinder and Bubble. Bubble! <laughs> for Tinder and Bumble. And she says, situationships can be defined as a romantic relationship that lacks commitment and the associated norms and expectations. So that's like... You're kind of in a relationship, but you don't do all the normal relationship things. You sort of just sleep with each other. Yeah, you just turn up at like 8.30 after work with some Vietnamese food and make out and go to sleep. Yeah. 
but you don't talk have about to, your like, day. Yeah, maybe, but you don't have to like meet their family yeah. or like go to Briscoe's with them and buy like linen or yeah. like do the boring stuff that often makes a relationship feel really domestic. Yeah. And then we have this one from Time magazine, which Ooh. is just a funny place to get a situationship definition. <laughs> Somewhere between great love and no strings attached lies a category of relationship that needs a bit more defining. It's emotionally connected, but without commitment or future planning. The labels boyfriend and girlfriend don't really apply, but it's way beyond a casual hookup. It includes going on dates, having sex, and building intimacy without a clear objective in mind. Enter situationship. That's an interesting one because... They say that there's no future planning in that mm. one. And it kind of makes sense because the situation chip is the classic 3 a.m. you up text, it right? It is. It's the reply guy. It's yes. the like, I'm just kind of seeing someone. Oh. It's like. Oh. Or it's the like, you are so fun. Like, why are you not in a relationship? Yeah, so- crazy that no one's chosen you yet. Wild. But do you want to make out? <sighs> it's also like um, if you – uh, free yourself from the fear of planning for the future. It's it's like, oh, I don't care if they see me yoga in my like sweaty yoga gear because yeah. like I don't I don't care if they don't like me that much. It's like really self protective sort of relationships. Hey, which should be like that should be what you do if you want a big time. future with them. Like yeah. you should. But it's interesting that we set these boundaries for ourselves to self-protect when we're, like, not fully confident. And especially when we're young, though. At high school, the worst thing ever would have been someone that you were interested in, whether it was a relationship or a situationship, catching you at a time where you just weren't prepared. And that's because we were oh all just God, figuring totally out. Had that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, don't see me in the supermarket with my mum. <laughs> <laughs> I die. I die a thousand times. But also, like, I would argue there's a flip side to it. And I've had a situation before that was, like, very fun, very, like, just, I don't know, exactly what we both needed. They, I think, wanted more and I was just not in the yeah. right place in my life. So. I would say they're not all bad, but I also think when you enter something with someone, whatever scope it is, you're like two lines traveling forward together and to deny yourselves of the fact that you're moving into a future is like to completely ignore the fact that inevitably a decision will have to be made as to whether you keep going or not. And And I think that that decision and that communication around that decision is something that we've talked about a lot in the first six episodes about if you're feeling like you're about to ghost someone or you're about to be ghosted, although that's sort of against the point of ghosting, you don't really know that it's coming. <laughs> you have a premonition. <laughs> you have a premonition. <laughs> Go and listen to those episodes and take it like a champ. Have mm. those chats. Don't just leave someone hanging, especially someone that you've like had a situationship with. And even if you haven't wanted to romantically connect with you probably have. Yeah. But I thought to help us um, begin this episode, we would just read a story of a textbook situationship breakdown from one of the listeners. Just so you all know, it's not just me and Belle's takes on yeah. all of these things. You all Imagine. feel the same. Yeah. Okay, so this person said, We were hanging out four nights per week. They met my parents. We'd been seeing each other for about six months and they still wouldn't call me their partner. Listen. If a label is too much to ask, then the relationship isn't going to give you what you need. These behaviours won't change when you become official. Be honest with yourself and know your own worth. When someone is showing you who they are and how they feel, listen and believe them. So 
what I make of this one is it was a situationship to one party. Yes. The other party maybe wanted more and there yes. was no communication. Yes. This is like the storyline of like two friends rom-com of all yeah. time, right? Yeah. I think they have like such clarity about this situation. Yeah. Well, at the, <laughs> at the end, which is just, and I think I know. it kind of relates to what I was saying before, where you're you're both moving into a future and, and if one of you isn't into it, then it will always create an imbalance. And then you have to realise that it's better that it stopped. You yeah. actually didn't want, like this person has, they weren't going to give you what you ever wanted. No, and just like not being official with you when like, Four nights a week is a lot. I know. Meeting the parents, that's like not situationship territory. I can't even Textbook. work out, go to the gym, do anything yeah. four nights a week. No. So. <laughs> so fair enough and really great that that person has come through that, learned the lesson. Now that we know what a situationship is, mm. um, something that we were wondering as we were sort of writing these scripts, Belle and I, was why suddenly situationships are everywhere. And obviously it's because situa- situationship as a label has come around to something Belle and I love, sort of put a name to something mm. that we were all doing for years. You know, the world has been having situationships. We just probably haven't been calling it situationships. So we, again, I'm going to validate you all here. This is what we did a lot in the first few episodes. We've grown up seeing movies like Friends with Benefits and No Strings Attached. Oh. There was actually like, Probably a period of two years where there was multiple movies that you couldn't distinguish between. No, no. Like, what one was Justin Timberlake in? I'm not sure. Which two, like, white heterosexual lead characters were playing, like, fraught, kind of wealthy, (laughs) but can't deal with their emotions. Hate each other, but they're just going to fuck because it's primal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he turned up to a house with a cake at the end and it was crazy. So these people and these movies and pop culture and things like that showed us that all these people were too busy for a relationship but they craved romantic connection and they would do these sort of no strings attached arrangements and surprise surprise end up falling in love it was all quite confusing but also at the same time quite textbook john mayer plays in the background oh, Christ. <laughs> slow dancing in a burning room oh, <laughs> and then also something that bell and i just discussed earlier was that we have grown up in an age where online dating has become huge i don't really think i need to explain that to anyone that online dating exists and I feel like especially when I was at uni finding someone to just hook up with or sleep with or whatever it was just happening everywhere it was so easy you could just swipe 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 go on a night out and then go home with someone and but what and I thought about this I remember a few years ago watching my friends go on dating apps and thinking about this thing called the paradox of choice, which doesn't just pertain to this situation. The paradox of choice is where you have too many choices that you're basically stuck and you can't make a single decision. And so, for example, and I use this one a lot, if you really needed jam and you went to the supermarket and there was only strawberry or blueberry you'd probably find it quite easy to know which one you were feeling like having. Yeah, totally. But you got you need jam, right? You go to the supermarket, there's blackberry, blueberry, mixed berry, raspberry, strawberry. Fusion berry. No, and you just, there's too many decisions that often you're like, I actually don't want that, I'm going to go get a Nutella instead yes. because it's too hard to make a decision. And so I sort of feel like with dating, we're finding it too hard to make a decision because we're so scared of not picking the right one that this paradox of choice means that we just can't, 
decide. And so situationships are like, well, I'll have you and then I'll have you. I'll have you for now. I'll have like a little tiny bit of jam here and a different jam next week. Yes. I also think (laughs) it's funny that you mentioned that I was older than you. I'm like, (laughs) how much? Like five years older than you. But I think I grew up just before, as in when I was at uni, dating apps weren't invented. I'm pretty sure. I don't think we had Uber. Man, I sound so old. You didn't have Uber Eats. No, Uber. I don't think Uber existed when I was at uni. So I kind of came of age where the best place to meet people was in bars. And the energy was like quite, um, (laughs) as I say, horny and romantic in that way because you didn't have that sort of thing in the back of your mind of, oh, uh, I can just go home and swipe in my yes. bed. Or if they swiped on my best friend. And yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. There was totally none of that. And so there was more of a feeling of serendipity and, well, there's this, like, cute person at the bar. If I don't talk to them now, I might yes. not ever talk to them again. So it felt more like real-life living. Yes. And I, what sort of growing up in, through my 20s as dating apps came about has been so interesting to really feel that mentality shift of lots more gems on yes. the market shelf. How can I choose? And and having that fear of commitment because you could be on a date and they could be swiping when you go to the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. And I so just hate that idea. <laughs> I just – I feel like it just makes so much sense, one, why we're getting scareder and scareder, not good English there, Louise, to get into relationships and why situationships feel like the best option because it seems like all the fun without the commitment, but it does mean when you break up from them, it's just very confusing and very hard to navigate and you're like a ship at sea without a compass. I don't know if that's no, that was, a sail. <laughs> that was really good. I loved that analogy. I also think like if you have a formal relationship, you're allowed to grieve and there are all these like dumb social yes. rules around like you you are allowed to be sad for as many months you were together or whatever, like those yes. dumb kind of like yeah. milestones. Yeah, yeah. It's like the seven stages of grief, right? That's not how it works. But if you don't have, like, if they didn't meet your friends or if they weren't at your birthday dinner or if they, like, no one really knew about it, Mm. then when you end it, you don't have those, like, formal measures of of processing. And it makes it so much harder to, one, know what you're feeling, what you think you're allowed to feel. Maybe your friends didn't even know about the situationship or they thought, well, that person wasn't good for you anyway because they never committed. Yeah, it's just, it comes with a whole lot. It can be harder. It comes with a whole lot more confusing feelings. Yes, totally. And so a few things that also make situationships quite confusing when they come to an end is that I feel like when you're in them, they're so spontaneous that you're actually constantly waiting for a, okay, this could end at any time. Yes. So maybe there's a really high level of anxiety or trying to squeeze in as much when you think you've got them. Yes. And so then it looks, it feels like, oh my God, but we did so much together. And, <laughs> and then it's it, electric. And yeah. You're just, and it's honeymoon. It, it's a real who cares moment. It's honeymoon. Like I mentioned, it's like not dealing with each other's washing or each other's family dynamics. or, yeah. or it, And so it kind of strips all of the like real lifeness out of, of a relation, of, yeah, of a relationship. And I, I, that's, the opposite of what I just said was the reason it's so hard is because it could end at any point. But also the reason a lot of people get into these situationships is because the unpredictability of it and the fireworks and the spontaneousness 
is really attractive to a lot of people. Yeah. And so there's reasons for getting into sh- situ- situationships, <laughs> kind of don't hate that, into situationships. And there's obviously reasons for having anxiety while you're in them. And I feel like now we're ready to maybe visit some audience stories and see how their situationships ended and maybe what we can learn from them or at least our hot takes on these stories. So the first one is when a situationship has ended and the book doesn't feel finished. They stringed me along, but I let them. I romanticized them. I was infatuated with them. I was in love with the idea of them, but not actually them. In the three years that I knew them, I barely spent any time with them. We never went on a date. We spoke a lot, mostly online or by text, for weeks on end, texting every day. We circled each other over and over, but never stopped with each other. So my mind had time to make up things, to fill in the story, to make myself believe I was in love and that they were lovely and that we were meant to be together. I romanticized longing for them, longing for a time we could be in the same place at the same time, finally able to be together. Finally, when we were living in the same place, then it would work. But that would never have actually happened. The odd thing about it is it sort of feels like the book didn't get finished. Someone read half of it and put it face down down, forgot to finish the rest. I think that's why I kept thinking about it for so long. There was no real ending, no satisfying finale. It just fizzled. They grew up and so did I. We haven't spoken in years and yet I still occasionally think about them. I wonder what they're up to and I wonder if I'll ever see them again. It's odd how much I longed for something more than I ever have for someone I barely knew. Oh oh my God, this is just such an ache for me to hear because I just think it's such a trap that we fall into romanticizing the, the the love story. And it's actually something I've really noticed as I get older. If I meet someone and there's like a bit of a vibe, being really careful about who I tell. Yes. Because immediately people are like, oh, my God, it's a sign. Oh, my God, they sound yeah. amazing. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. The other other version of you. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two souls. Yeah, we should definitely not date then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Abort mission. Yeah. Um, but I think there's such a danger in romanticizing the story and I've been so guilty of it. And that's what – isn't that what we've been taught romance and love or crushing yeah. is? So it's such a human – like natural human trait you should never like beat yourself up about. Um, but I also think this is such a trap that we can fall into with technology and messaging so easily at our disposal. And like, I'm a high communicate, hyper communicator. You're a hyper communicator. It's our love language. Yeah. Like, and so someone with great chat and attention is yeah. like really horny for me. I, yeah. I, I really like love that. But I think again, fantasizing things can be such a danger just because someone can fire you like an on point DM and send you like crack up content and make you feel seen through a virtual world Mm. doesn't mean that that's ever going to translate into reality. Which we're actually talking about in the next episode, everyone, how to, how to deal with online breakups. Can't wait. Lots to say about that. (laughs) I think we also have been brought up to believe that there's like some moment that will change everything where everything clicks and becomes right when actually in reality there's a specific set of circumstances that you need in order for things to work. Both of you to agree, feel the same and agree on like taking a leap into like an unknown future together. So I I feel like the biggest lesson here is to force your crushes into real life. Forces maybe like sounds a bit intense, but like 
I think it sounds a bit harsh, but it's true. Like, where are these people when you need them? Yes. Are they consistent? It's very easy to be that, like, meow, late night text, hey, what you up to? Or that, like, vision of who you think you could be for one another. But where are they when they need you? And and I think it's like if you've ever crushed on someone and, like, only been together in private and then mm. the true test is bringing them to dinner with your friends or, like, seeing them in real-life situations where you aren't, like, made up and, and perfect or firing off, like, great chat lines through DMs but actually, like, feeling that in real life is is so important. Yes, and I also think there's a danger, um, and def- especially when you're – young and sort of you maybe you can't even drive yet and you can't do all these fun things and all you have is your imagination is their lack of communication to you isn't a chance or shouldn't be a chance for you to fill in the gaps and make up the story but it's what we all do like they're not responding to you gives you basically the green light to be like, well, they're not responding because they're doing this and they're thinking about this and they're nervous about this, which means they really like me. Yeah. And <laughs> Which means we're meant to be. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, we all create narratives in our heads, narratives in our heads that don't often line up with real life. And that can make the breakup just that much more devastating because you're actually mourning something that didn't exist. Oh, my gosh, totally. And you're also left navigating what was real and what – what was the story you made up yes. in your mind? And then you can just absolutely ruin yourself by going back through hordes of messages and trying to yeah. read subtext into them. And I think that's the danger of like having a really message-based yeah. like, situationship as well. So the advice of bringing them into real life and also the advice of not using the gaps in communication to write your own stories mm. Maybe I feel like they're two like sort of little nuggets of wisdom, right? Are they? There. Are they also <laughs> good work, Mel? <laughs> are they also Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> nuggets of wisdom by Taylor Swift, Taylor's version. And so, if you have been in a situationship and you're struggling to get closure, which is often the biggest sort of issue when trying to reconcile the breakdown of a situationship, we do have some actual helpful tips for you maybe take what you want leave what doesn't fit first of all you're actually allowed to call it a breakup totally you just need to validate whatever you're feeling and especially like what Belle said before if you haven't brought them into your real life your friends can't validate that for you Mm. you have to do it yourself and you also have to recognize something that I've just sort of talked about recognize that you are breaking up with a fantasy that you may have had and so that's the whole you've written a story that maybe didn't exist or should never have gone to print um also know that all of and this is something that we say all the time none of this is a reflection of you or your own self-worth perhaps it was just that neither of you had learned how to communicate what you truly wanted or maybe you just didn't know totally but don't put it all on yourself Especially if they had bad behaviour. Or especially if you were just like predominantly messaging and not really hanging out in real life. Yes. And then how to move forward from the breakdown of a situation like this. I feel like it's exactly what we've just been saying is learning how to talk about what you want or actually learning from yourself what you want, what you need, what your priorities are when you begin talking. You don't have to come on hot and heavy and like – have swiped on someone and be like, yeah, kids in two years. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok, um, I'm thinking three dates and then you meet my family. Yeah. But also, if you do come across like that, 
then they know exactly what they're getting into. Yeah. They know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friends and I call it elephant in the rooming, which is just like saying the like kind of awkward things like very early yes. on and straight up, which is just like, so um, I hate it when you don't reply to me for seven hours and you leave me on scene. Don't like that. Um, I really I like that. this. Blah, blah, blah. Um, this is like, this is the type of gal I am to hang out with. Yes. And these are my expectations. This thing happened in my family. So if you bring up that, just know I'm going to re- react weirdly. <laughs> like, ele- elephant in the rooming is actually really good. Like, laying your cards on the table. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, again, obviously, don't trauma dump on them. <laughs> yeah. No, super against that. And also, like, protect your mystery and protect, yeah. like, what's important to you. And, and as you slowly get to know someone, obviously, that's up to you. But I have found it a really liberating thing dating as I, again, have gotten older and, and learned these lessons, which is just like, cool. So this is my vibe. Yeah. And uh, are you into it or not? Or yeah. good if not? It's all about knowing yourself a bit more, which yeah. truly does just come with getting older and going through things like this. And also another thing that we should probably note is that it is okay to ask what went wrong or what happened because how are you supposed to move forward and take lessons into your next, hopefully, relationship, not situationship, if you don't know what happened. So you are allowed to ask. If they don't respond, then you have to, like, radically self-accept that some people just aren't going to be able to give you that oh and closure is so tricky one of the best things I've learned about closure particularly in the context of breakups is that uh you can't rely on the other person or people Mm. to give you that closure that's something you have to get to within yourself and I think we can like drive ourselves a bit crazy expecting this really gallant moment of someone kind of expressing their remorse for things they've done or like giving you the closure that you really want you have to get to that yourself yeah and again we talk about how to get that in a lot of our earlier episodes so if you're trying to figure out what you can do for you that doesn't put any energy into them I would say go and listen to the revenge episode it's really good if I don't say so myself right I think it's time for another audience story because every time we start talking about ourselves too much I'm like Remind the people, again, (laughs) not just us. Last semester, I started hanging out with someone and very early on, we established that I didn't want a relationship. They did. And when I asked if they still wanted to hang out with me and not put labels on anything, they said yes. The whole reason was because, A, I'm extremely picky with people and B, I was going to study abroad in the spring and C, I just wasn't there to be in a relationship. Anyway, They kept saying that they wished I wasn't going to move and I was really over it. When I got to Europe, the only conversations we had, they initiated and then I essentially ghosted them until they sort of got the clue that I wasn't into it. But around the time that they thought I was supposed to be due home, they re-entered my life and they were commenting on all my B-reels. They didn't text me because they didn't have my abroad number, but they contacted me on just about everything else. So I'm just going to keep ghosting them. But it's so odd how people always keep coming back to you even after literal months. <sighs> this one's hard because the it was a situationship that one party obviously felt like they didn't owe the other a conversation as to why it was ending. Well, they kind of gave it at the beginning, right? Yeah. They didn't want the relationship. They were moving overseas. Props to that transparency up yeah. front. And then maybe 
they could have just said that again at the end when they moved away instead of sort of ghosting. We have a whole episode on ghosting and, and the other options you can do instead of that. But in the same breath, the person should have done some work to try and move on from. Totally. Again, these are like the perils of having a, of living online. Yes. Because it's just like in a gorgeous 70s rom-com about your life, you'd have gone to Europe and like sail of never seen them again. No phones. Yeah. Come back with a fringe and a gorgeous new outfit and not even recognize them in the supermarket. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And so I think... Um, we call that orbiting as well, right? Someone who just like slides into your DMs every like couple of weeks. Remind you I still exist. Yeah. Hey, um, kind of like. Love the band. Yeah. <laughs> Mysterious kind of flirty emoji. Not quite sure yeah. how to dissect that. And I mean, yeah, you know, our thoughts on ghosting. I personally think it's one of the cruelest things that you can do to someone. But I wonder if like maybe part of their attention on your B-reels and stuff was a little bit validating and a little bit nice. And I can completely relate to that as well. I wonder if like there are opportunities for maybe like keeping on shutting things down like cool nice to chat to you but like I'm in Europe and like just yeah. need some space and I think it's really hard to turn down attention and turn down a feeling of connection especially if you're far away from home um and like kind of annoyed at their persistence and I yeah. think that totally shows an imbalance of expectations and also again the trappings of like romantic storytelling maybe in their mind you were like their big crush who yeah. moved to Europe and things weren't quite resolved where in your mind you were like mm, yep I told you that yeah. I was moving away and yeah. this wasn't life I really like the story because it's come from the perspective of like it was this person that didn't want the situationship mm. it wasn't someone writing in being like I had the situationship they ghosted me they did this it was yeah. this person saying I laid out what I wanted at the beginning and then the other party just didn't really respect that. So I do feel like the one part in this story is that when they moved to Europe and sort of ghosted the person, maybe just one simple conversation could have stopped the persistence. One thing I will also say is we did an episode on stalking uh, earlier in the series. And if you do ever feel like the line is being crossed, um, we have a lot of great resources in that episode because sometimes it can be hard to know when persistence has turned into like low-level online stalking because yes. that does happen. Also, and I feel like this person probably did in real life and maybe it didn't come across through in the story, but having compassion for the person that, like, for the other person in the situationship that maybe wanted a little bit more. Totally. Is yeah. quite important and something you don't learn until you're older as well. You're sort of just like people until are just things that exist to either please me or give me something to talk about. Yeah, or like, not, not into it, bye. And I think maybe you grow more compassion if that's happened to you or if you've sat on the floor of your, like, friend's bedroom and watched them completely yes. disintegrate from something. So when you have an experience really up close, you have way more compassion for it. But I think that's such a great point. And I remember ending a situationship a couple of years ago and feeling like I had totally devastated someone, which is a feeling I just feel sick about, like, mm making someone feel and and yeah I sort of resolved that the, 
the nicest or the best thing I could be was compassionate at that time and kind of respect their wishes of cutting comms or yeah yeah it's it's really hard to navigate and then the last tip it's not really a hot take it's just once you've had these conversations with the person that you're ending the situation with hopefully with compassion it is okay to cut communication just like with any other breakups you do need to have the conversations but then you actually do need to cut communication at a certain point um, it just helps both of you, especially in the like few months that it's ending. Oh my gosh. I know. I can't like stress this enough, but also completely understand how difficult it is, especially if you have like a hot messagey relationship yes. or just like, it's so easy these days to be like, mm, going to post a cute story. I know. Hopefully they like, they See reply guys. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, I'm going to reinvent myself and like, do a social media campaign just to like prove that I'm okay. Yeah. And I think the most graceful you can thing you can do at the end of something is just like get out of each other's lives. Get out of each other's lives. And my friends and I always say, go and make your own secrets. Yeah. Go and like God, your friends need to come on the pod. Seriously. <laughs> Am I not enough? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm speaking from the like collective wisdom yes. of a lot of of a lot of, of my friends. But I think um Yeah, going away and making your own secrets has been like a really great, useful thing for me to think about in those like times where I found it really difficult to untether myself from someone because I'm like, yeah, I need to go away and be me without you and I can't do that if I'm messaging you drunk every Friday night or letting certain songs remind me of you and messaging you like Spotify playlists or something. And it's so hard. It's so hard. And especially when it's been a situationship and not even something that you feel like – it's so valid to cut all communications yeah. and block you, but it yeah. is. This was real. At the end of the day and at the end of the podcast episode, which we're at, this was real. You deserve to feel really shit or really sort of content with your decision or yeah. however you are feeling in the moment. If it was yeah. you that ended it, hope you've had the conversation. Yes. Or if you are sort of in one right now and you're wondering how to get out of it, just take a breath. Hopefully this podcast has sort of landed with you. Some bits have been like tick, tick, tick. Let me do that. You're going to be really compassionate. They're going to really respect you for it in hindsight. Yes. Oh, hindsight, a gorgeous thing. And then just snip, snip on the comms. Yeah. And with that, next episode we're talking about online relationships and how we deal with the breakups that come from them because they're very confusing and again there's a huge digital footprint it can be really hard to untether yourself from an online relationship but for now we have a few people to thank so own the fields wouldn't be possible without love better and everyone who gave us their stories to bring these podcasts to life If you are going through a breakup and you need advice or you just want someone to talk to, Youthline New Zealand has set up a dedicated and free Love Better helpline. Just simply email lovebetter at youthline.co.nz or text lovebetter to 234. And you should do that because I actually think it's dope that they've set up dedicated places to oh. deal with breakups to help you. I just think that's cool. It's incredible. I wish I, I wish I had it in my day. I know. I sound 79. No, but seriously, I just I think it's really cool. So thank you, Love Better. Hold up. 
Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.